Alrighty, welcome to Killer Crime and Sister Time. I'm Sydney. I'm Liberty. And we have Liberty's guest in the background here. No one else can see her, but I can. <laughs> but we can. <laughs> <laughs> <Katie. laughs> um, this week we're doing unsolved mysteries. It was supposed to be murders, but I kind of did something that like not 100% sure if it's a murder or not. So. <laughs> okay, I assumed it was just like, you know, mysteries in general. Okay, good. Because I was like, there's supposed to be murders, but then I literally like went back and looked at our text. And I was like, what was our theme again? And then I was like, well, mine's not really a murder per se. <laughs> you know what? It's okay. <laughs> um. So how are you? I'm good. Yeah. Mom had to make two breakfasts today because her first one flopped. I felt bad. Oh no, what was her first one? It was like this French toast from this um person's cookbook. And then yeah. it ended up being like soggy in the middle. Oh, that's a bummer. No, but she made German pancakes and those were delicious. So. Ooh, German pancakes are bomb. Yeah, exactly. So it ended up working out in the end. Right. That's all that matters. And you scored your first varsity goal yesterday. I did. I'm pretty snazzy like that. <laughs> snazzy like that. Look at you. Exactly. What else was I going to say? Oh, yeah. And I'm, mom's taking me shopping today. Oh, yeah. Where are you going? She, she needs stuff for her new job, but now I need stuff for my new job. Oh, fancy. Yeah. Now I don't have to wear fancy clothes all the time. Yeah, what are you going to wear there? Like jeans and shoes and stuff. (laughs) You wear shoes at work? (laughs) No, I have to wear like black, like, you have to wear like black, like leather shoes. So like it, like spill resistant kind of shit. Oh, okay. Gotcha. Yes. Like dark wash jeans and stuff. Right. When are you quitting uh, at your other job? Uh, I don't know yet. Mom told me to just mom's like if they're only giving you one shift a week then maybe you can just stay and I was like yeah but I don't want to do two jobs right <laughs> sounds literally terrible yeah yeah <sighs> how are you doing I'm good I'm currently like dying of cramps like I said so I'm just gonna take it out man just gonna yeah I'm just gonna get drunk instead and maybe that'll make it go away who knows yeah drunk and take a nap (laughs) exactly actually we have a lot to do today we have to like grocery shop and do laundry and clean the house so i'm gonna do it all intoxicated it's gonna be great see that's all that matters then Um, you're gonna go to the store intoxicated why not exactly whole son totes (laughs) i have will he can dd so it's fine exactly that's what (laughs) they're for exactly that's that's what they're good for exactly that's all they're here for providers now no <laughs> designated drivers please get it right <laughs> okay you ready to roll now yeah you ready to rock and roll who goes first uh you go first i went first last week i think okay i honestly don't know anymore so i did i would yeah because last week was cult leaders i did that okay cool cool glad we got it figured out yeah you go first yeah hold on let me get it pulled up because I did it on my laptop all right so as previously stated Mm -hmm. we did unsolved 
murders slash mysteries slash events. Um, <laughs> mine is Angela Hammond. I had never actually heard of this case before, um, but once I got into it, I like went down a rabbit hole of researching things. So that was kind of fun. (laughs) (laughs) So a little background, Angela has been missing since April 4th of 1991. She Mm -hmm. went missing from Clinton, Missouri, which is about an hour and a half from where we live. Yeah. So I like typed it in, like not sure where it was. And I was like, oh, that was very close. Um, And she was born on February 2nd, 1971. So at the time that she disappeared, she was only 20 years old, but now she would be 50. Um, She was about five feet tall and around 120 to 140 pounds. Um, Also, side note, if I go missing, don't put my fucking weight out there. No one needs to know that. They can just see a picture. Um, So there's that. (laughs) I was like, I was like, um unnecessary information but whatever and so yeah uh and then at the time of her disappearance she was also four months pregnant oh that's unfortunate and obviously neither her nor her child have ever been found um and at this time she's considered an endangered missing person like still even you know 30 years later yeah Jeez. Um, so her disappearance on April 4th, 1991. And this got like really fucking weird because it was all like very documented her experience or her disappearance was. So it was like very interesting. Um, so on April 4th, 1991, Rob, which was Angela's fiance and Angela had gone to a barbecue at her mom's house. Right. And after Angela dropped Rob off to babysit his brother, he had to like babysit his brother for the night and then they were going to meet up again. Um, after he dropped, she dropped him off to babysit her, his brother, Angela hung out with one of her friends. Mm-hmm. Um, like I said, they were supposed to meet up again and do something after, but Angela was pregnant and exhausted. And okay. so she called Rob at a phone booth to tell him that she was going to go home around 11 45 PM. Cause it's 1991 and there's no Right, you know, phone booths. Yeah, then there's phone booths. So, <laughs> um, at around eleven forty-five p.m., uh, Angela was on the phone talking with her fiance, and the phone booth was like outside of the um, a feed store in Clinton, Missouri, mm-hmm. which was about seven blocks from Rob's uh, house where he was like babysitting his brother. And during the conversation, she told him that she was too tired to meet up and instead was going to go home and take a bath. Okay. Um, at this time, she's also noticing this like really sketchy dude circling the parking lot of the store in his truck. Um, yes. Quick question. How do we know that there was a creepy man circling? Because how, it's not like she could tell us. She told, she's on the phone with Rob still. Oh, she told Rob, okay. Yeah, that's why I was like, it's kind of weird because it's like very well documented because she's telling him everything that's happening. I was like, how do we know? (laughs) Right, yeah, no, so she's telling Rob everything. She's like, this really weird dude who's circling me in this fucking phone booth, right? So um, he's circling the store in his truck and she described him to Rob. She's like, he's like a 
disgusting bearded like filthy bearded man um and she described the truck as green with a water or fish scene on the back window uh-huh. which is like also weird um specific. yeah exactly and so at one point she said he parked his truck near the booth and got out of it um and he starts like looking around um and at one point she goes like do you need to use like the phone and he says no and then he gets back in his truck grabs a flashlight and starts looking around again so she thought he was like looking for something um unfortunately after the man like gets out and angela's describing this whole like experience to rob after um the man gets out of the car again with the flashlight uh rob hears a scream and the line goes dead oh he's like on the phone yeah he's on the phone with her the whole time and so he obviously takes off leaves the house goes to like find her and he sees a truck that matches the description that Angela had given him going the opposite direction so he turns around and tries to follow it but unfortunately um and he also sees Angela scream inside of the truck and so he goes to follow it but unfortunately his transmission fails after about a mile or two and so he can't continue to follow her anymore so she was so he the green truck dude took her yeah the green truck dude took her the filthy bearded gross dude took her in his weird fish truck but um rob's transmission fails so he can't keep following it's like fucking terrible i know i know and so he's walking back to town so that he can call the cops and someone sees him and picks him up and brings him to the police station he calls he talks to the cops he reports you're missing he tells them everything that happened it was like a 1960s 1970s um green ford f-150 with a fish jumping out of water mural on the back window he tells the cops this um so a little bit about the suspect. The man who took Angela has never been identified. Oh, but he was described as having glasses, a beard, and a mustache. At the time, he was wearing coveralls and a dark blue baseball cap. Mm. Yeah. Some yeehaw shit. Yeah, some yeehaw shit. And it's in Missouri, so like, of course. Um, no offense to Missouri. I just, not my favorite place to have looked at. It's fine. It's I'm going <laughs> to. Anyway, <laughs> um, I will also send you a composite photo of him so that you can like post it with our Instagram post. But yeah, yeah, they have like a really shitty composite, and people have like been upset about how the composite was drawn. They're like, that's not very good, but whatever. Yeah. Um, so I'll send it to you so you can attach it. At the same time, we have to give these composite people a little break just because they're literally going off of like word of a traumatized person right like, exactly. you know, they're doing they're the best they can <laughs> they're doing their best but it's just not enough uh, <laughs> in this case the composite's really bad it it is yeah um and so obviously as they always should be her fiance was a suspect for a bit right um, you know most of the time it always is the significant other so you should always yeah. respect them but um 
obviously he was eventually cleared because he tried to chase them. There's evidence that he tried to chase the guy. There's also witnesses that saw stuff happen. And Um, evidence that his transmission failed. Yeah, exactly. So, like, they cleared the fiance because it wasn't him. Right. Um, and it was, it only took like a week to get him cleared because of all the evidence that like it was obvious it wasn't Rob. Uh, so we do have some possible links of like, you know, people who m- might be in similar situations. Mm-hmm. Um, so police suspect that Angela's case is linked to so they used to think it was of two other women, but now possibly just one. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'll get into that once I talk about them a little more. So Cheryl Ann Kenny was a convenience store clerk who disappeared after locking up the store in Nevada, Missouri on February 27th, 1991. You didn't get the hell out there. <laughs> yeah, right? So shortly before Angela got taken, um, Cheryl was taken. Yeah. And then there was another one, Trudy Darby, um, which was another convenience store clerk in Mox Creek, Missouri, who was abducted from work on January 19th, 1991, six weeks before Angela. Um, the store was ro- found robbed of $200 after, uh, mm-hmm. and Trudy's naked body was found in Little Niangua River two days later. I also probably pronounced that wrong and I recognize that. I apologize. Um, but I, I apologize and I tried. Um, <laughs> she was shot in the head with a shotgun. And later, which is why they believe that this might not be connected anymore, but later her half brothers, Jesse Rush and Marvin Cheney, were convicted of the robbery, rape, and murder of Trudy. She's like really gross that her brother's like raped him but it's gross that they killed her too but you know like you're when you're related like are you really that like attracted to your sister i don't know that's gross and i mean like it's gross if anybody gets raped but also especially it's like your sibling especially yeah yeah don't trust me all rape is gross yeah exactly um so while these are suspected to be connected due to similar similarities in the case there's no hard evidence to actually link them and um the remaining two cheryl and angela remain unsolved to this day (laughs) um so there have been multiple unconfirmed sightings of angela Mm -hmm. after her disappearance um these were in multiple states and Canada, but they haven't been cooperated. And yeah, there's no way to know if they're legit. Right. Um, as for Angela, when she went missing, she was working at a bank and attending Central Missouri State University. So she was, you know, a boss ass bitch because she was pregnant, working and going to college. So did she know she was pregnant? Yeah, she was four months. Oh, okay. So she was like do these things yeah yeah that's terrible um, it was about halfway through her pregnancy yeah. um and then if because this is still an open and unsolved case if you know anything or see angela please contact the clinton police department at 660-885-5561 um and yeah I got my sources from the Charlie Project, Doe Network, and um, there was a Reddit 
thread that compiled the story from all all those sources very well too that I got some information from so yeah I apologize in advance I forgot to get my sources but that's okay (laughs) (laughs) I forgot to write them down but they're all like you know not like they're all like good good things (laughs) all good things all good things (laughs) okay so I like to do kind of famous ones because there's so much information that it's like fun right so you can everyone's theories blah 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 so i did john benet ramsey oh i almost did that one but i'm glad you did i stole it so as everyone knows she's kind of famous you know child beauty queen i'm looking at pictures of her so she was six when she was murdered and there's like pictures like all over the internet and i've gotten like god she has to be like four or five and she looks like easily like 12. yeah it's weird. She looks like a teenager. It's so fucking weird. Oh, she looks older than me. I'm like, I don't, I don't even look that put together. So yeah, she was born on August 6, 1990. Um, at the time, she only had three people living in the house with her. So her mom, her dad, and her brother, Burke, who was nine at the time. And Ooh, she was sus. Sorry. <laughs> and she was six when she was murdered. Um. She was murdered December 25th, 26, 1996. Either like late that night, early that morning, you know. Yeah. A little gray area. Um, I would have been just a year old. Yeah. So they lived in Boulder, Colorado. And what happened? So the Ramseys had a Christmas party on Christmas. So like the 25th at night, they had a Christmas party, right? They put John Bonet to bed at 9 p.m. around then. And then Patsy, who is the mom, um, wakes up at around 5 a.m. and finds a three-page ransom note in her house and is like, oh my God, John Bonet's missing. So she calls, listen to this, she calls 911 and is like, we have a kidnapping. Not like my daughter's kidnapped, like we have a kidnapping. <laughs> like, like so detached and weird she also hung up on 911 like usually in stress situations the article said that like it's rare for people to hang up on 911 first but she like literally hung never up. I, okay so i called 911 a lot you know like when mom dislocated her knee and we yeah. had an ambulance and like as an ra i've had to call 911 I have never hung up, well, with mom, I didn't hang up until the ambulance got there because I was crying and then just yeah. that felt bad for me <laughs> the whole time. <laughs> but as an RA, I didn't hang up until they told me to go do something and yeah. told me to hang up, you know, like. Yeah. She hung up on Nemo one first. So. I would never. Yeah. So she calls Nemo one at 5.52 a.m. after she finds the ransom note. Um, cops get there. The cops say they're originally looking for signs of forced entry and like signs of exiting or entrancing. So that's why they didn't go downstairs in the basement. Um, So they do all that. Um, Another weird thing is this ransom is like the ransom note says we have kidnapped John Bellet, John Benet. Sorry, I can't say the name right. (laughs) We are a small foreign faction and they like talked about how they're gonna behead her or like oh gosh i found the ransom note on wikipedia also 
a super reliable source but I mean it's like a picture of it it's not like right also you can tell me to shut up if you're gonna get to it but like the paper was their paper yeah nope yeah like I probably would would have forgot to mention it, but yes. Yeah, so no one's going to write a three-page paper with your paper in your house when they're trying to steal your kid. Exactly. So, and also, the cops thought it was weird that they would take the time to write a three-page ransom note. Like, they're on a limited time frame, and they're going to use their pens and their paper. Also, like, like the point could have gotten across with, we have John Bonet, give us money. So this is the first paragraph. Mr. Ramsey, listen carefully. We are a group of individuals that represent a small foreign faction. We repre- we respect your business, but not can try. I don't know what that says. That it that it serves. At this time, we have your daughter in my possession. She is safe and unharmed. And if you want her to see 1997, you must follow our instructions to the letter. You will withdraw. $118,000 from your account, 100000 of it will be in $100 bills, and the remaining 18000 in $20 bills. And then said, we're going to call you between the hours of 8 and 10. And then they never called, and no one ever, like, mentioned how they never called. Like, the mom and the dad weren't sitting by the phone, like, anxiously waiting. Like, no one even, like, remembered. I feel like I would be, like, sitting by the phone. Right? I'd be, like, glued to that phone until it rang. Yeah, they never called. Um, They were ready to give them the ransom, but they never reached out. Like, this small foreign faction, whatever the fuck that means. Right. Called, reached out. Yeah, so, hella sus. Um, So, around 1 p.m., the cop tells uh, a family friend, I can't remember his name, and the dad to go look around the house another time see if anything looks wrong yeah and go downstairs and the cop is so weird because they could totally contaminate the crime scene so what was that cop thinking yeah so they go downstairs and they open the door and they find john benet in the back room of the basement the dad picks her up and runs upstairs with her right and since the cops i mean they should have preserved the house a little bit better because now that they had found her in the house the whole house was a crime scene but now the whole house is fucked up because family friends cops extended family were in and out all day long right which is why the cops should have searched the whole house before like doing anything he said that they he didn't when he originally arrived he said he didn't see a point in going into the latch door because that probably wasn't an entrance or exit for the intruders and we checked everything yeah and they found a broken so they found a suitcase in the basement with a footprint on it right and then um the a broken window in the basement but the dad was like oh i broke that window like late like uh, earlier like you know that has nothing to do with this because they didn't find snow prints walking away from the window or to it so they were like okay that makes a little more sense like yeah will and i watched a documentary and he said that he broke the window because he kept locking himself out so he just left it broken for whenever he locked himself out Uh, (laughs) no that's a poorly staged crime scene is what that is yeah (laughs) so they found her she had blunt force trauma to the head 
She is wrapped in a uno momento. Officers. Oh, she was bound with her mouth covered in duct tape, nylon covered her wrists and her neck, and her torso was covered with a blanket. So, a part they also found. I see. This is where I was a little confused. They said they found like a broken paintbrush, like on her, around her, something like that. And like, like it was like in, so she I'm couldn't. Sure it was on her neck. Yeah, I think it was like yeah. Some like, like finding device is what it was. Yes, and the other part of this broken, so the paintbrush came from Patsy, the mom's art room, and it was like hers, and so that's us. Um, right. Yeah, and the note had no fingerprints on it. The ransom note had no fingerprints on it besides Patsy's, the mom, and the officers that did it. Um, also, in God's green earth. Of those, like, okay, Patsy, whatever, picking it up without gloves. But what cop was like, you know what I should do? Touch this. Yeah. So, I mean, even today, they still have no clue who killed her. I mean, there's the theory of the brother, but they found, like, they cleared the whole family just because they found, like, no DNA evidence. Okay, but, like... (sighs) I think oh like they lived there I feel like it would be hard to you know what I mean right we can't I mean I'm gonna just say this now we can't exactly like accuse any of them of it just because they've already sued multiple news stations for defamation yeah I know like I'm not but I'm not accusing them but I'm just saying it's yeah you know the DNA was everywhere because they lived there so right it might be harder to connect Exactly. They found that she had some sort of vaginal trauma, um, but, and they found DNA of another person in her underwear, but it connected to no one in the police database and no one in the family. So they thought it might be from like the manufacturer, like the company. Right. And uh, they found vaginal trauma, like she had been assaulted or she'd been assaulted that night or like passed, but they described it as like, that she had been like wiped with a cloth, like that's the, like the mo they got from that. What? Like, I know. And autopsy was done. Her official death was strangulation and head trauma. So the strangulation first, and then like hit in the head. Right. Yeah. Was she dead when she was hit in the head, or like that was like the finishing blow? I think it said the asphyxiation killed her. Okay. So I, my theory that I kept reading everywhere was that, um, which we call it a certain member possibly got mad. Yeah. Of family got mad, hit her in the head, and then somebody covered it up and strangled her to like. But she wasn't dead yet. Yeah. I. I can't exactly remember if it was before or after, honestly. Right. Okay. But what yeah. Like the the instance where they're talking about someone might have gotten mad. It was about like pineapple or something. Yeah, it was her brother because she had pineapple in her uh, system, but her parents yeah. didn't give her any that night. So possibly she like stole her brother's snack or something. Yeah. Yeah. <sighs> wow. 
What a wild ride. I really want to know what happened. I know. And like there was a school teacher who confessed to it, but they were eight. He just wanted the fame, which is gross. Uh, who the fuck <laughs> confesses to something they didn't do? Because he saw that they were making a documentary about it. But, so you're going to go to prison, stupid? Yeah, but the, that's literally why. Like, he didn't care about going to prison. He saw they were making a documentary and confessed to it. And then they were like, dude, you didn't even do it. Like, that's so weird to me because I'm like, fame is, uh, who the fuck thinks fame is worth prison? Well, when you're a psycho, maybe it's a little different. <laughs> a narcissistic <laughs> asshole, I guess. Yeah. It's just, yeah, it was just crazy. And then they, yeah, so they cleared the family. They cleared, like, all the family friends, everyone who's at the party. Um, yeah, there's, they literally have no clue. And it's still, like, not solved. I'm pretty sure the mom just died recently of, like, cancer or something. Patsy. Yeah, I think she did. So it's just, like, the dad and the brother who are alive now. Yeah. I had a theory that, you know, this is just a theory, folks. There's no evidence to support this. This is literally just us talking out our ass. Yeah, so, like, please don't go tell anyone that this is the truth because this is what goes through my head. So, I have a theory that, you know, if she had vaginal trauma, maybe from the past, so her mom, so her mom told the police I've taken her for the doctor for vaginal irritation, but that was from a bubble bath. I mean, vaginal irritation from a bubble bath. Taking a lot of bubble baths. Feel fine. I've also taken a lot of bubble baths. And <laughs> okay. So, yeah. <laughs> oh, no. but that's what her mom, like she said that that could have possibly been it. But I have a theory that someone in the house was molesting her. And I had a th- so what I was thinking was maybe the dad was molesting her and the mom got jealous and killed her daughter. Oh, yeah. That, that, was, my, that was my theory. Or right. brother got mad, killed her, and the parents uh, covered it up. Right. So they, they didn't, didn't have to use children. Yeah. yeah. Um, let me read through these, make sure I didn't miss anything. Yeah, I just think it's so weird. Who writes a three-page ransom note? Literally on, on like, who writes a three-page ransom note in the place where you're stealing a human? Yeah. Like, nobody. You write it beforehand. Exactly. Yeah. It makes no sense. And, like, part of, and my question is, is how are they walking around this whole house one with no signs of forced entry and like i just was it someone at the party that's what i think because if there's no signs of forced entry then maybe they did it while they were at the party but also okay i will like i said will and i watched a documentary and like in the documentary they were talking about how there were multiple drafts of the note thrown in the garbage so, like, people made multiple drafts of this ransom note in the house. Like, what the? That doesn't even make sense. If you're going to write a ransom note, at least burn your drafts of your ransom note. And then it was left on the back stairway, which nobody knew except for, like, friends and the Ramses that they used the back stairway. Yeah. Because, like, there was, like, the front main stairway, but they didn't really use that one. They used the back one exactly that makes no sense so it's like how did they know 
don't know, but that's, I just wonder what, I just, I'm so curious. See, I hate unsolved things because I'm so curious as to, like, what happened and how cops were never able to prove that. It makes me sad, too, because, like, she deserves justice. She was just a sweet baby, you know? Exactly, I know. And I just wonder, like, what life was like there. Like, was her mom living through her by putting in pageants? Because I guarantee no six-year-old wakes up and is like, make me 20, like... (laughs) Another thing on that, too, is I think her mom was living vicariously through her because in that same, like, documentary, it talked about how um, John Bonet had told one of, like, her friend was like, oh, my God, it's so cool that you do this. And John Bonet was like, I don't want to talk about it. Like, that dad mentioned that, too, that he thought that the mom was like, you know, like, Munchausen by proxy but not exactly just because she's not making her sick but she's like you know pushing her and like making her do these stupid ass pageants no offense to pageant people I just could never not one of them (laughs) I am not someone like that not that there's anything wrong with that I am just very lazy and that sounds like a lot of work (laughs) you have more motivation than I do (laughs) to look pretty used to much work sorry yeah exactly so yeah that's crazy yours is crazy I've never heard about that before I know I never heard of it either and I just like I googled like unsolved murders or you know disappearances I don't know what I googled and (laughs) it was like uh talking about ones from each state and so this was like Missouri's and I thought it was interesting that's really interesting and like hella weird too right yeah so that was that that was that not Uh, too bad for an unsolved episode (laughs) (laughs) i was just thinking in my head not too bad for an unsolved episode but i was like well that'd be a funny name like we call it the unsolved episode oh yeah yeah can you like put that as our name on Spotify? <laughs> Can you the unsolved episode? The unsolved episode. <laughs> All right, we'll see what we can do. Yeah, we'll see what we can do. All right. Well, well you're listening, guys. Wow, thanks, guys. That's so nice. What is this week three? We're we're cruising. Yeah, we are cruising. Um, next week will be another listener episode. So if you have one, please send it our way. Um, you can send it to our email at killercrimeandsistertime at gmail.com. You can message it to us on Instagram. Um, our Instagram handle is what at killercrimeandsistertime also. Yep. Okay. You can do that um please send us your story so we have something to read exactly appreciated i think they're so much fun too like genuinely like hearing other people's like or like fun facts you know like i'll even talk about that kind of stuff just like right back i think it's fun yeah i think it's fun too um but yeah thanks mm-hmm. for listening uh please rate review subscribe if you like this on itunes um and yeah, just keep listening, friends. Yeah. We right. love making these for you guys. We do. They're fun. I get they a lot of fun, actually. <laughs> so very educated in the murder world. Right? I'm so educated on crime. Exactly. Alrighty. Well, thanks, guys. Have a good day. Bye. Bye.